0: All right, well, welcome to Friday night. You made it. We made it all the way to Friday. It's amazing. This week absolutely screams by. It's amazing how fast it goes. And uh, it's been good. We'll talk about that uh, in a bit, but I want to, I uh, just want to welcome you here. I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm in one of those moods again. Sorry. Whenever whenever I have to preach. I'm preaching tonight, so it's good to be here, isn't it? Why don't we all stand? Go ahead and stand. Let's pray. Let's go into worship. That's what we need to do. Let's just get right past the the welcome part and go right to worship. I'll get out of the way. Hallelujah. Father, we do thank you so much for this evening. We thank you for everybody that's here, everybody that's on their way for safety for as they drive. Father, everybody who's at home, who's across the nation, across the world, bless them, Lord, tonight. And I pray that as we minister unto you tonight, Father, that that your glory will be revealed to each and every one and that we'll be honoring to you and that we will lift up the name of Jesus and you will be glorified in every way. And we thank you for it, Father,
1: in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. On the day of Pentecost, after... Uh, They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and spoke with tongues. Uh, The people around them heard in their own language um, the testimony of God. And and they um, came to a point where they were attentive to what Peter was going to say to them. And later on in Acts chapter 2, it says, Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn an oath to him, that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh seek corruption. This This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart. And Peter said and said Peter to, and the rest of the apostles, And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all those who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call.
2: There's a communion going on here that is divined and directed by God. It's between the body and the Holy Spirit. We are the body of Christ, and the heart of Christ beats in that body. And the communion is holy. As he is, so are we in this world. Coming together and worshiping that holiness brings us closer, we draw closer to God and closer we need to be. Closer is our desire. Draw nigh unto God, and he'll draw nigh unto us. Father God, this congregation, and all it rep- represents, we pull on you, God, for your love and guidance. For your word said, I will instruct and teach thee and the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye, saith the Spirit unusual our God stands in an unusual form and unusual place in the eternities past and the eternities forward guided we will be trust we should and love we must because the love of God because the love of God because the love of God the visitation of God is upon the congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ here, beloved, the spirit is drawing us to the cog, to draw close to him in the word. Love like you've never loved before. Give like you've never given before. For freely you have received, freely give. For love never fails, saith the spirit.
0: Turn with me to Judges chapter two. Judges Tap chapter two. The Lord has been uh, speaking all week long, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit, that, that the Lord has been ministering to us. The Holy Spirit has been ministering to us through each of the ministers, through each of the prayer times, through each of the, 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 the worship. My goodness, this week worship was phenomenal. Glory to God. Um, it just it, the, this has been a, an absolutely wonderful uh, week devoted. To God, and uh, but the Lord's been you know if if you've noticed I told you at the beginning of the the beginning of the week, watch what happens. Watch not just uh, what happens at the moment, but watch what God does. And you know we used to give a theme. I used to start out with a theme, and, and the ministers would always say, "Hey, what's the theme for this year?" And sometimes you know we'd do that. And lately, though, I just realized, "Hey, God's already got the theme, and I may know it, I may not know it." And uh, this week. It's become very evident to me, uh, evident to me, uh, that there is a theme, and uh, we'll talk about that tonight. If everybody, everybody, to Judges chapter six. Ju- did I say that before? What did I say? It's two. It's Judges chapter, chapter six. Go to six. Go to six. Read two later. I'm sure it's good. I have no idea what's there, but. Verse 2, that's, my, that's where I was seeing, I asked, yeah, I'm not completely gone here, yeah. Close, but not completely gone. Judges chapter 6, beginning with verse 2. And it says, in the hand of Midian overpowered Israel. Oh man, oh man, what a great way to start out a sermon. With a defeat, you know, with, with loss, with, with a bummer. You know, that's not, that shouldn't be how you start out, but well, just watch. It gets better. And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel. And because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the East would come up against them. They would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land as far as gaza and leave no sustenance in israel no sheep or ox or donkey that's just not fair that's just not fair they 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 were brought into a land that was full of milk and honey they were brought into a land where where the grapes were were so big that you know a clump of grapes the the uh, path or the the two men had to carry it on a pole I mean, they were brought into a land that they were never supposed to lack, that they were always supposed to be blessed. And all of a sudden, here they are experiencing loss, experiencing a defeat. And it's not just one defeat, it's it's a constant defeat. No matter what they did, every time they tried to get ahead, it's like it was stolen from them. You know, and it says, well, we're, we'll get there in a second. But they said, there's so many of these enemies. They're so overwhelmed. It's like, it's like locusts filling the land. That's overwhelming. It's too big. It's too much. I can't take care of it. I, I can't handle it. I can't solve it. Verse 7. Go down to verse 7. When the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, when the people of, the, of, the, of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of the Midianites. All right. I, didn't, I should have left one more verse on there. I didn't. Fill it in. Read it. Whatever you want. Go to verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree at Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Now, for those of you who were on the Israel trip, we were right there. We were right by that brook, right by that... And you know, we were all looking around going, which rock was it that he was sitting on? I think it was that one right there. No, 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 it was this one, you know, because everybody has an opinion. And, uh, but we were right there. I said, you know, it's it kind of fun to sit and look at it, look, look at the area and, and, and realize, you know, somewhere around here is where this story happened. So an angel came down and sat underneath the, uh, the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite, while his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. I'm not going to go into all of that, but that's not what a wine press is for. The wine press isn't for beating out wheat. The wine press is for making wine, treading wine. Why was he in the wine press? Cuz it had high walls. He was hiding in he was hiding in the wine press trying to get a little bit of food just to just to squeak it by because you know at any moment the Amalekites could come along and take it all again he was hiding what a great guy and the angel of the lord appeared to him and said to him the lord is with you o mighty man of valor and gideon said to him say what
1: <laughs>
0: who o mighty man of valor huh he i'm hiding I'm hiding. I don't want to, I'm afraid of those guys. What do you mean mighty man of valor? You know, can you just imagine, you know, he's in the wine press and he's he's sifting the wheat and all of a sudden a voice, hey, mighty man of valor. Wow! You know, I mean, he's thinking, I'm supposed to be hiding here. Who's, you know, how'd you find me? Mighty man of valor, right? The Lord is with you. O mighty man of valor, and Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? If God's really with us, why didn't it work out the way we thought it was going to work out? If God was really with us, why has this bad thing happened to me? Why did this, this bad thing happen to my family? Why did this bad thing happen to my finances? Why did this bad thing happen in my health? Why, why, if, if God's really with me, why in the world are things not working out the way I showed you? Don't tell me that God is with me. And where are all his wonderful deeds? that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. I mean, he's pretty bummed out. What do you mean God's in control? What do you mean God is faithful? we just saying for the last 40 minutes, Great, great is our God. How, how faithful you are. How faithful he always, my whole life, I can't remember all the words now that I'm in it. Once I'm singing it, I can just sing it. But, I, but you know, from, all, from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, and he's always faithful, always faithful, and then we get into the situation, and we go, oh, where's God? When everything starts falling apart, we're like, whoa, how come he's left me? No, he's the same God. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Yes. Nothing's changed. Go down to chapter seven, begin with verse one. Then Jerubbaal, that is Gideon. It's another. It's his nickname, Jerubbaal. I would have picked Gid. <laughs> to each their own. Then Gideon and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped. I, I skipped over a whole bunch of the story. I mean, if I would have put down everything that happened here, okay, so let's just go back over this. You know, they, uh, they, 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 you know, the, he, the angel told Gideon, you're going to go fight against the Amalekites. He's like, what? You know, I mean, there's so many of them. There's, this place is packed. It looks like locusts all over the ground. I mean, it's, they're full. You know, there's more of them than there are of us, and I'm? I'm gonna go do this. You want me? Look at the person next to you. You want me to do this? Say that to him. Say say that to. You want me to do this? Almighty man of valor. Almighty woman of valor. Almighty man of valor. God has a plan for your life that's bigger than you know. O oh, mighty man of valor. O oh, mighty woman of valor. I'm looking at the little girl in the background, second to the back girl. That's you. Yeah, that's you. Mighty woman of valor, mighty man. It's not about age. It's about knowledge. It's about knowing who you are and who he is, who he's caused you to be. So we know that he's told them to to go and fight against the Amalekites and he he sent out the word. Okay, here you go. Come on in. We're going to go fight the Amalekites. Yay! You know, and 22,000 people, 22,000 soldiers show up. Now you think, that's awesome. But they're still outnumbered. 10 to 50 to 1. There's so many of the Amalekites, so many of these roving bands, these roving hordes, They just, it's like they just take, you know, they just clear everything off the land as they move. There's so many of them. How could we, how could even 22, they were outnumbered at that. But okay, God, you said to do this. Okay, we'll try. And here they are in chapter 7, beginning with verse 1. Then Jeroboam and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was north of them, by the hill of Morah. Now, I'm not going to get too much into the specific, but I'm going to give you a hint about something. The title of tonight's sermon, the the title of tonight's sermon is from encampment, let me make sure I get it right here, hang on, from battle encampment to battlefield. From battle encampment and battlefield I had two or three different stories where God brought people brought his people into a battle encampment right before the battle and this and amazing things happened in the battle encampment this whole week God's been speaking to me about battle right now in this moment we're in a battle encampment now I can't give you I'm gonna get there just have to trust me <laughs> But you need to know that part because that's why this is important. They went and they got into the battle encampment. And we know what happened in this amazing story. In this amazing story, they came in with 22,000 men and God looked at them and you know, God's fully aware that the, that the foe, the enemy, the, 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 the ones who, that they're, that they're going to have to fight against, fully outnumber them already at 22,000. They're, they're, they fully outnumber them significantly. And he looks at, at the, the battle encampment of Gideon and the people of Israel, and he says, now there's too many of you. There's too many of you. Ask anybody who wants to go home. Anybody who's afraid. Anybody who just really doesn't want to go into battle. Ask them if they want to go home. And if they want to go home, let them go home. No, no problem. No, no, you know, this. it's not bad, you're not, you know, just If you're afraid, if you want to go home, go. And how many was it? Say it louder. We had 22,000, but it went down to what? 10,000. 10, so over half of them, over half of them went, phew, sweet, I'm out of here. Got to go. Have a, nice fo- have a nice war. See you later. I'm going home. And it never said that God said, and he struck them down dead on their way home. He doesn't say that. He let them go. They were afraid. Okay, go home. So now they're at, if they're down to 10,000, 12,000 left, they're down to 10,000. Now they're outnumbered even more. It's even more impossible. It's even more crazy. And then he says to them, have them drink water, right? Is that the next one? I don't have all this in my notes because it's just. It's f- fly over, fly over parts of it. You have to read the story yourself. Drink water. And they go down and they drink the water. And, in, and God says, watch which ones kneel down, and stick their face in the water and drink. And the ones who sit there and bring the water up to their mouth. Why? Because the ones who brought it up to their mouth were watching. They had their eyes, they, they, you know, hey, they're, they're in a battle encampment. The our enemy can show up at any time. What's going on? You don't want to put your head down in the water. You don't want to put your head down in the water. You don't want to put your head down in the water. Now is not the time to put your head down in the water. Just so you know, that's prophetic. God's telling you something. Now is, now is not the time to not be paying attention. This day and age, it's time to pay attention. Be aware. Be aware. We're in a battle. Yes. We're in a bat- right now we're in the encampment. It's not time to not be paying attention. If, if at any point in your life it's time to keep your eyes open and keep your head up, it's now. When I was teaching self-defense, we called it keep your head on a swivel. When you're in a, when you're in a situation and you're, you have an enemy who's attacking you, and he's, he's coming at you. You may beat him. You, know, you might fight against him. But then immediately, you start looking and all. Search and scan. Search and scan. Why do you search and scan? For his, his, his buddy who's coming up from behind you. Keep your head up. Keep your head on a swivel. Keep looking. Why? Because you have an enemy who's trying to destroy you. You need to be aware. Now's not the time to put your head down. Relax get a big drink of water. Get that you can get water. But keep your head up. 10,000 men were left. 9,700 of them stuck their head in the water. 300 of them lapped it like a dog. He said, "All right, you 9,700, you can go home." What? We're going into a battle. And you keep getting rid of people. You keep weeding people out. Why? Because he needs the ones that he needs. There's a reason. There's a reason for the last 20 years. Who told me that just recently? Oh, Shiloh. Shiloh had a... The Lord showed him something in prayer the other morning. And he said, the last 20 years, the Lord told him, the last 20 years has been preparation. Preparation for today, for now. God's been doing stuff in this church and our people and in, in the teaching and preparing people. He's been, he's been preparing our hearts. He's been preparing our minds. And it's been rough. There's been some rough spots. There's been, definitely been some rough spots. But in, for the, such a time as this, we're now ready. Whether you realize it or not, you're ready. You're ready. If you're here, congratulations. Pat somebody on the back and say, Congratulations. You're here. Good job. All right. Here we go. Keep your head up. Don't look around. Yeah, don't don't look down. Mm. So they're down to three hundred men. 10, oh yeah, ten thousand remain. There's my own yeah, see. Three hundred. Now there's three hundred. And the Lord said to Gideon, verse 7, With the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and give give the Midianites into your hand and let all the others go, every man to his home. So the people took their provisions in their hands and their trumpets and sent out all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, but retained the 300 men. And the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. From battle encampment to battle. I, I had to, in the middle of worship, the Lord said, throw all the other examples out and pull this in. I pulled in a, a different story. But David and Goliath, they were in a battle encampment leading up to the battle. And out of the, uh, in the midst of that battle encampment, the Philistines, who were on the other side of the valley, sent out Goliath. And it says, when Goliath came out and challenged him and said, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to grind you up, I'm going to eat you, you're going to be our servants, and and he said, blah, 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 you're going to lose, you're going to suffer, we're going to take you as slaves, and blah, 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 blah. It says that, that Saul and the men feared greatly. Battle encampment. I actually had a video I was going to show tonight. The Lord said, don't show the video. How many of you ever watched Lord of the Rings? There's a great scene where they're in the battle encampment, where they're, they're, they're all gathering together, and they're in the battle encampment, and they're all talking to each other, and you can tell they're scared, snotless. Snotless, yes, I just used that in a sermon. <laughs> they're scared. And they're trying, okay, okay, guys, all right, here we go. You know, And the battle, the battle they were going into was overwhelming. Overwhelming. They, they had no reason to win that battle. There was no reason for David to beat Goliath. There was no reason for Gideon to beat the Amalekites. There's no reason over and over and over again Israel should have never won. They should have never prevailed. They should have been wiped out Thousands of years ago, but they still exist because God has a plan for them. Doesn't matter what the doesn't matter what anyone who has ever oppressed Nebuchadnezzar. Who are some of the other ones? Joseph was against the Israelites. Who, who, who oppressed the Israelites? The Egyptians. Who else? Haman. Haman. Yeah, they should have never survived that one. They have, they're already in, in uh, 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 captivity. They're already in captivity in Babylon, and now Haman wants to kill them all. And he gets an edict. He gets the, he gets the, the, the head of the whole world at that time to say, hey, on this certain day, we're going to kill all the Jews. Yeah, okay, go for it. Have fun. They should have never survived that. They should have never survived all the Romans. They should have never survived that. They should have never. When they were dispersed how many times and and brought back and dispersed and brought back, they should have never survived World War II. But why do they still exist? Because God has a plan for Israel. And we have a better covenant. So they go down to 300 men. And then verse 9. That same night the Lord said to him, This is Gideon, this is back to the story of Gideon. Arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hand. They're, they're up on the hill, they're looking down at the encampment. They can see, they're just they're stretched as far as the eye could see. They're like locusts. They're just, I mean, it is packed with the enemy. There's 300 men sitting up on the hill, and God says, and they're looking down into the camp and he says, uh, "He says, arise, go down against the camp for I have given it into your hand. You're going to win. You're going to win. You're going to win. You're go- you, you are going to win. The kingdom is going to win. God, ...along the valley like locusts in abundance, and their camels were without number, as the sand that is on the seashore in abundance. Verse 13, When Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream... To his comrade and he said behold I dreamed a dream and behold a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat okay that's a great dream very vivid he says I had a dream last night big piece of bread <laughs> rolled into town hit my tent the tent flipped over I could just see his friend dude you really got to cut back on the pizza at night you know you gotta i mean that's a great dream now what does that dream mean what does that dream mean well we know what it means but i'm going to say it here in just a second but i'm telling you that's not the dream that's not how i would have interpreted how his friend interpreted it he says he says he goes you know it fell and turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat and his comrade said this is no that no one other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash. Really? A man of Israel. God has given into his hand the Midian and all the camp. Okay, I don't get that interpretation. I just don't. I'm just telling you. There's some things, you know, I mean the, the whole fat, you know, seven fat calves and seven lean calves. I get that one, okay. A big loaf of bread rolling in and hitting a tent, that's that's Gideon. Yeah, of course that's Gideon. God's answer for you does not have to make sense right now. God's answer for the situation you're in does not have to make sense right now. If God says it's true, it's true. Let me say that again, because some people get all wrapped up in, okay, I'm believing God, but I I have to figure out exactly how he's going to do it. How he's going to solve it I'm that way I'm so sorry. I really am because I you know i I'm, I pray and I'm, I'm walking by faith, but I want to figure out how it's going to happen and then when, when all of a sudden things don't go exactly like I planned, <laughs> I'm learning I'm getting better, I'm much better than I used to be. But the plan that God has for you, when God tells you, okay, all you got to do is this, you're going, what? I got to do what? Verse 15, as soon as Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshiped. I, I laughed. When I read that and I was putting this together, I started laughing because I'm thinking, you know, it says that he worshiped, and we're all thinking, oh, glory to God. No, I'm going, I- no. I'm pretty sure the way he worshiped was, yes yes okay guys we're gonna win yes glory to god this is awesome and he returned to the camp and he said arise for the lord has given the host of midian into your hand he didn't tell them because it was a dream that a guy had about a loaf of bread running down and hitting his tent and flipping over Let's just leave that part off. It meant something to him good enough he's worshiping. Let's go. Hey guys, God just confirmed to me that we're going to win. Good enough. Let's go. Let's go all 300 of us into the, you know, craziest battle plan in history. There have been some God has some really crazy battle plans. I say this one's the craziest. The whole march around the, the wall seven times, you know, and then or seven days, and then seven times, and yeah. b- then shout, you know, hey! <laughs> Crazy plans. But the one that God's going to tell him to do this now, you know, here next, that this one is the craziest. As soon as you know, so that's verse fifteen, verse sixteen. And he divided the 300 men into three companies and put trumpets into the hands of all of them and empty jars with torches inside the jars. And he said to them, look at me and do, I do likewise. I'm sorry. I just, I, when I read the Bible, I actually think of what it actually looks like. He goes, okay, men. God has given me a plan. This is what we're going to do. All right. Take this torch. All right, torches. Torches are good. We can burn down the camp. Good. And then put a jar over it. Okay. And then, in the other hand, don't pick up a sword or a spear or a shield or don't pick up any kind of a weapon. Pick up a trumpet. Okay. Okay. 300 of us, we're going to attack the camp with a torch, a pitcher, and a trumpet. Okay, here we go, guys. That's why I'm pretty sure he said in verse 17, Look at me and do likewise. Because you know, he's telling them you're going to take a, a, a torch, a pitcher, and a trumpet, and you're going to, we're, going to, we're going to surprise them. We're going to scare them or something. I don't know. And I'm sure they're all looking at him going, what the heck is he talking about? What is he talking The guy's." And he's going, look at me. Do like I'm doing. So He's in. Gideon's in. He's decided I'm in. I'm going for this. This is what God told me to do. This is what God told me to do. I'm in. I know it's crazy. I know it's nuts. But if the leader's not in, yeah, nobody else is going to be in. So if God tells you to do something crazy, if he tells you and he's expecting you to lead somebody else into doing it, you better just do it. Because nobody else is going to if you don't. Because it's crazy. You know, I mean, like if some God tells you to do something really, really crazy, like, you know, have a network of 24 churches in 10 years. That's crazy. That's nuts. Okay, guys, here we go. We're going we're gonna to take the valley. We're going to plant churches all over the place. I still remember the first Sunday I shared that. And people in the room are like, what's he talking about? Where did that come from? Debbie, is John. Okay. Is he all right? That's a little weird. I mean, it's just, that's, that's the plan. Okay. Well, where are the pastors coming from? I don't know. And the uh, worship leaders, where, where are 24? I don't know. Well, now I'm starting to know. Where are the youth and children's workers coming from? Hmm. Where are the counselors coming from? Hmm. Start to pull together here. Well, we're also three or four years into it, so probably should be seeing something. When I blow the trumpet, verse 18 says, <clears throat> when I blow the trumpet... I and all who are with me, then blow the trumpets also on every side of all the camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Why did he add in Gideon? Do You ever wonder about that? Huh? They were scared of Gideon. Exactly. They, they had been, you know, that guy with the dream, he's been going, oh man, I had a dream, oh, it's Gideon, it's Gideon. You know, oh, it's Gideon. Why would they? He was hiding in a wine press. You know, how could his name become so famous overnight? God. So, for the Lord and for Gideon, everybody freaks out. Here's Gideon. I know it. We know the rest of the story. They got up on the hill. Okay and they shouted they, they they blew the trumpet okay break the pot the 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 flames now they're encircled on three sides there's only 300 of them i still remember the gulf war 1 when i remember uh, they they were they, they uh, the, the plan what what everybody thought was the marines were coming in from the from the ocean you know and that's what that's what the the, the iraqis they were convinced they were convinced That the marines were coming ashore and they'd heard about marines and they there was stories about marines they were very afraid they were very afraid so the marines are justifiably i'm sure and then so there you know there's that oh the marines are coming and 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 the whole time the army is out in the desert you know for weeks ahead of time building up this army that they drove into baghdad you know but if you remember i don't know if you ever heard this but the the first attack was a, a, you know, a, a, a group, and I don't know how big a group, of, of Navy SEALs that attacked from, the I know, Ooh, yeah, all right. he wants to be a Navy SEAL, just so you know, he's, he's, his whole, he's training. But it was, a, it was a group of Navy SEALs, and I think, I don't know how many travel in a group, I, I'd be making it up, I don't know, but it was like 20. 20 of them sat off the in the ocean and just started attacking with machine guns and everything and everybody goes oh they're coming the marines are coming and then the army just drives up into baghdad (laughs) isn't that amazing god's plan most of the time is pretty crazy and it's overwhelming it's overwhelming odds it's impossible it's nuts now i have to stop right here and i have to give you a disclaimer because what i want you to understand and it must be absolutely stone cold totally understood you must understand this i am not talking about politics tonight at all nothing of what i've said so far nothing of what i'm about to say has one smidgen of anything to do with politics it has everything to do with the kingdom of god it has everything to do with the spiritual world. We do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, the spiritual world. This fight that we're in is, is has, yeah, okay. We see symptoms all around us. We see symptoms of lawlessness. We see, those are symptoms. The root of the problem is there is darkness in this world and it's taking people to hell every single day. Yeah. And this battle is not against people. It's not against you know, ideologies. It's not against uh, uh, political parties. It's not against governments. It's not against other countries. You know, this has nothing to do with that. So I really, you need to understand, I'm not talking about what happened this week. I'm not talking about what happened over the last month and a half. I don't, that is not what we're talking about. I'm talking about God has a plan to, 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 to rob hell of, of, of lost people. But it's going to be a fight. And it's going to be a fight. Now, now that you know what I that that and I'm not I'm not kidding, I'm not I'm not trying to I am that's the absolute truth because what I'm about to say next, you need to hear. The battle is upon us. The battle is upon us. The battle is upon us. The battle begins now. The battle is now. The battle is now. Now, the moment I said that, I knew this, man, when I was praying about tonight, when I was listening to the Lord, I knew that when I, that he told me, you're going to say this, you're going to say the battle is upon us. And when you do, many hearts will go, Ugh. that's what they felt in the battle encampment. I mean, I don't care how brave you are. I don't care. I don't care how much you've trained. I don't care how tough you are. I don't care how you know, you've proven yourself in, in, in training and practice. The moment the rubber hits the road, the moment that first shot is fired, the moment someone is, is physically about to attack you, it be, everything changes. And it becomes very real. And it's in that moment What's been happening this week, and that's that's what's so beautiful about what God has done this week. What's been happening this week, both behind the scenes in prayer and, and uh, in the worship and in the teachings, is powerful. Because God has been preparing us for this moment. On Sunday night, the Lord led me to speak, and I had I had no sermon prepared. I, we got into worship, the Lord. As soon as you know, I actually, I was planning on for the worship to just go the whole night. That's was that was my plan. But partway through, the Lord began to speak to me that people needed to be healed, needed to be set free, needed to to let go of some things in their past. When you're in the battle encampment, when you're a soldier, and I have no—I was never in the in the military, and I, and I apologize. I'm not apologizing for not being in the military. I just apologize. I'm speaking as one who sounds like I know what I'm talking about. I've seen a lot of movies, you know. (laughs) But when you're in that moment getting ready to go into battle, you start taking stock of your life. You get your house in order. Because tomorrow, the fight is on. And you 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 need to take stock of who you are and what and what God was doing on Saturday, Sunday night was dealing with some stuff that just is some baggage you don't need to be carrying anymore. And letting those things go and forgiving yourself, forgiving others. So that's what happened on Sunday night. On on Monday morning uh Pastor Jonah Fetzer led prayer, and that was one of the things on, on Sunday night as we were going through the service, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he says, you're not going to lead prayer this week. I've, I've always led the prayer. I've always led all the, almost all the prayer, unless I wasn't here for one reason or another. For all these years, I've always led the, the, the daily prayer, and the Holy Spirit says, you're not leading prayer this week. He says, you need, I'll just use the words he said, he says, you need to detach. And detach, I didn't know what that meant. Well, part of it is, On one day, I was so busy selling a house, I couldn't focus, okay? Somebody else had to be in charge. Just so anybody knew, we sold our house this week. Hallelujah. We're not leaving, okay? That's the other, just relax, okay? Relax. We bought a house. Close. Praise God. Huge, huge test. Okay, moving on. All right. But he said to detach. Why? And I didn't know why. Because he wanted me to see it from the outside. I I saw so much this week. He revealed so much. But Pastor Jonah Fetzer uh, led prayer, and he started out by saying, by talking about, enter into his courts with praise. And our prayer time was, was a lot about praise and entering into his, port, his, in, into, uh, his courts with praise. And then Vern, Reverend Vern Norton ministered on uh, Monday night. And what I wrote down, I mean, I wrote down themes from that I saw each night. And what the theme I saw was, we're heading into a fight. Isn't that interesting? We're heading into a fight. But as, but you know, Jonah, as we prayed that day, it was because God was moving Vern. That was part of the prayer was that God was moving Vern, and He was moving to prepare the first stages of what was about to, ha- what what is has been happening this week. And he said, "So he says we're heading into a fight." Then on Tuesday morning, Pastor John Moe led led prayer, and he started out by talking about open and hearing, open and hearing. And that night, the the theme that I wrote down is, "We're equipped for this fight." God's leading us into a fight, and we're equipped for it. You're ready. You don't think you're ready but you're ready. You don't think that you have what it takes, you do. Nobody nobody ever really thinks they have it all figured out. And if you think that I think I have it all figured out, <laughs> but I'm ready. Because where I don't have where I can't do it, where you can't do it, he makes it up. He his grace fills in. On Wednesday morning, Pastor Brad Lawrence led prayer, and his, the, he brought two words that morning, seeing and declaring, seeing and declaring. We prayed that. That was the theme of the prayer that day. And that night, Pastor Jonah Fetzer ministered, and he preached on, we have the authority for this, seeing and declaring. And he talked about tribe, remember? Holding up the, the staff, the symbol of the tribe, but which is the symbol of the authority. We have the authority. We're, we're being called into a fight. We have what it takes to fight this fight. And we have the authority to fight this fight. Well, why don't people fight? Because they don't think they're ready. They don't think they're ready. And I, 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 don't, I don't like to... You know, tell too many stories about when I did self defense, but there were so many lessons I learned teaching teaching people self defense. There was one young woman who came to me, and she was like, and she something had happened in her life. I didn't ask her what the situation was, but she goes, "I need to learn how to defend myself." And I said, "Okay," and, and I know whatever happened to her was very traumatic because she goes, "Okay, I need to tell you right at now. Right now, I am scared to death to get hit. I'm just, I, I'm scared. I mean, I, I, I almost didn't come tonight." because if I were to somehow get hit, it just, I I can't handle it. It, I'll shut down and I'm really sorry if I do, but I'm scared. And I said, Hey, no problem. I said, we won't hit you till next week. (laughs) (laughs) And she kind (laughs) of smiled. And I said, no, don't worry about it. We will be gentle. We'll, you know, you tell us how fast you want to go. So on. So the first week, you know, we let her, you know, she didn't even hit anyway. She, you know, working with a pad and the next week she did a little bit more and the third week she was doing a little bit. And and, and we were, I told everybody she worked with, be really careful, really careful. We don't, you know, we want to be really gentle with her. And I said, she's growing into this, but don't worry and 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 uh, so that like the fourth or fifth night that this girl came and i it's just whatever you know in the in the training we just say okay you with you you with you let's go let's go we're gonna do this, this. and we were doing something and i turned and just as i turned this guy i had given her to put her with a, with a guy my size he was my height not my size but my height and he's big and he's strong he's got these big muscles and they're doing some kind of punching thing and she stepped forward and he missed and popped her right in the mouth and she goes, I, and I'm going, oh, oh, you know, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, here we go. But I look, and she, he popped her, and she goes. For those over here, she went. She got a big smile on her face, and I went, you okay? And she goes, yeah. She was a different person after that. She had what it took. She just had to, She had to get there. And, and you, you don't think you have what it takes until you get there and you're there. Watch what God does now. Watch what God does. Watch what he does. Seeing and declaring, we have the authority for this. We have that authority. And then yesterday during prayer, Pastor Jonah Fetzer had these two words, comfort and courage. We prayed the whole time about comfort and courage. Many other things, but we prayed a lot about comfort and courage. Why? Because if you're going into a battle, you need to be comforted, and you need courage. And courage doesn't mean you're not afraid. I've always said—I know somebody else probably said it. I've looked for a quote and I've not found it. But you know, I've always said the difference between between uh, uh, cowardice and courage is direction. The difference between cowardice and courage is direction. It has nothing to do with fear. We all fear. We all have the opportunity to fear, but courage moves forward towards the fight. Cowardice goes, I don't, I'm not going to fight. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, just leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. The problem is, in a self-defense situation, when, you, when the enemy is attacking, you telling them, leave me alone, leave me alone, doesn't always work. Then you're just a victim, and they're okay with that. The devil's really okay with it. You want out of the fight? Oh, I'm out, I'm out. Don't, don't, don't bother me, devil. Don't bother me.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: All right. Comfort and courage. And then last night, Pastor John Logan spoke on gathering, gathering into the encampment. That's where the Lord gave me that word. We're gathering into, into an encampment. This, we're, we're in the encampment. We're, we're, we're preparing for the battle. The last minute, I'm sorry, I just bumped my pack. It wasn't me exploding. I'm not going to self-combust here. It's all right. <laughs> that would be fun, though. I think Byrne talked about that. Yeah. Blowing up, you know. They, <laughs> <clears throat> that'd be cool, okay? For you, not for me, but it would be cool. What was I talking about? Encampment. Gathering. gathering. Gathering in the encampment is where you do the last-minute preparations before the battle. You got, you know, so it's it's where all the supplies come to. You You have your meal, you know, you have your tent, you have all this stuff. But when you leave the encampment, mostly you don't take your food into battle. I mean, you do now; it's a little different. But back then, they took their battle stuff. But it's a place of of preparation. The church will always be the battle encampment, and every Monday morning, you go out to the battle. Gathering, awakening, tethered. He said tethered. It was three words. Gathering, awakening. We need to awaken. Some some think that they can slide out of this life without engaging in the fight. Let me say that again. Some think that you can slide out of this life without engaging in the fight. Some older folks think, I'm disqualified. I'm 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 too old. I'm I'm I just I'm just gonna slide out, out of here and you guys, you young bucks, man, you, you guys, you go into the fight. Yeah, good way to go, guys. I'm cheering you on. I'll be one of the great cloud of witnesses. No. You're here for a reason. You wonder you wonder why you're still here? You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> you know why you're still here? You can't, can't slide out. You're not done yet. Either you're here, you're in the fight. Or, oh Jesus, come in the rapture. Quickly! Quickly! Come and get me. Come and get me. I want out, I want out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. I'm, out. I'm still here. That, that was prayed out this week. Somebody said it. Somebody Somebody prayed it out this week. Stop waiting for, stop looking, or you, you preached it. Somebody, yeah, I think you preached it. Stop looking for the rapture. Stop it. No, really, stop it. Stop looking for the easy out. You're here. It's for such a time as this. You were born for today. You were born for the day. You grew up where you grew up. You learned. You became who you became because God needs you in the fight. And you're here. You had every reason to leave over the last 20 years. If you were going to leave, you should have left earlier because you're now in the fight. Congratulations. (laughs) You're in. It's time to fight. tethered we're in this together folks we're in this together i don't care if you like the person sitting next to you look at the person next to you look at the person do you like them doesn't matter i don't care look at the other direction look at the other direction do you like that person i don't care suck it up you're tethered love each other get over it move on it was prayed out. Somebody said it today. It was prayed out today. It doesn't matter if you don't like your, the person you're fighting next to. You're going to need them tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Get over it. And then this morning, Pastor John Logan led prayer. And his, the words he, he, he began this prayer with was finishing strong finishing strong. We're going to finish strong, folks. this I'm so excited. I am so excited about the days ahead. We are going into the battle of the ages. Glory to God. And we're on the right side. We're on the right side. You could be on the wrong side. Many of us had a chance, had choices to be on the wrong side. Some of us were longer than others. But you're on the right side. You win. I, I, you know, we've already read the book. We win. We've already heard the dream. We've already heard. He's given it. He's given this into our hands. We just need to move forward and not give up. And not quit I don't care what the world does I don't care I really don't I have actually come to the point where it does not matter to me what what taxes are like or the stock market or the or the medical epidemic whatever is going on I don't care what the world say I don't care I know what God has said to me we just heard this week if you've done if you watch in the news I don't watch the news anymore somebody told me what happened on the news thanks a lot But Europe is already talking about you're going to have to have a a passport to travel within Europe that that you've had the shot. I don't know how it's going to work out, but God's told me I'm not done in Europe. He told me that years ago. There's things he told me I would do there. And I'm not getting the chip. I'm not getting the whatever. I'm not saying the shot's the chip. Just everybody slow down. (laughs) slow down just all of a sudden when i said it when i said it i'm going oh crud that's going to take me a half hour to clean that one up all right i had actually damaged control i i i had actually skipped way past the shot i i don't well what if what if the antichrist comes on the scene and we have to have the chip to be able to buy and sell then food is going to miraculously appear on my plate because my God says he shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, not according to some government's edict that says I have to have a chip to buy and sell or whatever, a tattoo, whatever. I'm not against tattoos. Come on, I just... (laughs) That's what takes so long. I could preach this sermon in 15 minutes, but it's explaining everything. Doing damage control. We're going to finish strong. We will accomplish everything that God has told us we're going to do. You He's not going to. are not going to get stopped ahead of time. You're not going to get. You're still kicking. You're still alive. Why? Because God's not done yet. There's things for you. There's lives for you to touch. You're not done yet. You're not done yet. You're not done yet. You haven't even started. Get to work. You're not done yet. Just kidding. Just. Kidding. I'm not even to the most important one. Real quick, go to Matthew 9, and I'm going to try to qu- finish up here as quickly as I possibly can. What does this fight look like? If I don't tell you what the fight looks like, if I don't tell you, because it's not about the government. It's not. It's not about politics. It's not about blah, blah, blah. blah blah. blah. What does the actual fight look like? And, and I was like, I, Lord, what, what does the actual fight look like? He told me the chapter. He says, go to this chapter right now. And I started to read him. i going, okay, that's the fight. That is, that is absolutely. Matthew chapter 9. And I'm going to do this really quick because I mean I could expound on this and we'd be here for hours and we none of us want that. Matthew chapter nine, begin with verse one. This is Jesus and the disciples. Matthew nine one and says, and getting into the boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, and he he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. Behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he then said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. And when the crowd saw it, they were afraid. Isn't that interesting? And they glorified God who had given such authority to man. That's a picture of the battle. Picture of the battle is Satan has been, has been tormenting human beings since the garden. He's been lying, killing, stealing, destroying, bringing death and destruction to this world. And Jesus walks into town and the guy is paralyzed. Paralyzed. I don't know how to do surgery on anybody. You don't want me doing surgery on you. I mean, I I could maybe take out a sliver. But this guy's paralyzed. He's paralyzed, can't walk. And the kingdom that he represented, the authority that he had, took the battle to Satan. And he said, rise up, your sins are forgiven, rise up and walk. And he did. That's the battle. The battle is going after whatever Satan has done to destroy somebody's life and turn it around. And you have the authority to do that. You have you're, you have the authority. You have what it takes to fight that fight. We're in the fight. So how do we do it tomorrow? I, I am convinced that over the next weeks, day, days, weeks, months, years, you're going to have more and more opportunities when you're walking past and somebody's sick, and you're going to go, "Hey, can I pray for you?" Well, okay pray, and they're healed instantaneously. All of us, not just me, not just the ministers, all of us. That's the battle. That's the battle is you're in the, you're at the hardware store and the old grumpy guy that's working by the nuts and bolts. You go over and you're going, how you doing? Oh, life sucks. <laughs> Why is that? I, oh, no, that's my voice. Why is that? His voice. Oh, my back has been acted up. Hey, can I pray for you? Oh, whatever, you know, and pray for him. Healed instantaneously. Hey, how'd you do that? Because I know Jesus Christ. Amen. And he loves you and he's, he's, here to, to, he's here to meet your needs. He loves you and he wants to forgive you. You need to repent and get saved. <laughs> Won't be grumpy all the time. But the other part of the battle is there's a whole bunch of people that are going to tell you you're crazy. Or that, you know, who do you think you are? Trying to build, you know, oh, you think you can pray for people? Oh, you're one of them Christian freaks, aren't you? You're one of them weirdos. You're one of them, you're one of them, you're a Christian, aren't you? You're a loser. That's a battle. That's part of the battle. And how you react to that person, you punch them in the nose. No, you don't do that. You walk in love. Oh, Okay, okay. I, I don't want to tell you this story because it's too, too, too fresh. No, I can't tell it to you. I can't tell you. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll run it past Deb and maybe I'll tell it on Sunday. Okay. So I won't be telling it. I'm pretty sure. So that's one part, that's one part of the fight. Verse 18. Go down to verse 18 real quick. And while he was saying these things to him, because then he goes on and starts teaching him. Once that girl got, or once that guy got he, he, uh, healed, he got up and we'll have he, then he starts preaching. Well, then in verse 18, while he was saying these things to them, behold, a ruler came in and knelt before him saying, my daughter just died. But come and lay your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus rose and followed him with his disciples. And then while he's going to go do that, a woman comes up to him who suffered a discharge of blood. We've heard this story many times. 12 years came up behind him, touched the fringe of his garment, and said, She said to him herself, If I only touch the, touch, or touch his garment. You know, we had one of those miracles this week. You know, we were worshiping, we're praising God, and somebody got healed of gout. I mean, we didn't know, it wasn't like, okay, we're now going to have a healing line for gout. Anyone with gout? Does anyone have gout? I still remember i heard a pastor one time he wanted to he wanted to lay hands on somebody and he he had never done it before and he really wanted to do it and so he was like oh i'm so excited and he's like okay god just lead me to somebody who you know who needs healing and so he walked in this room and and he he, there's a guy across the and across the room and he says uh he says and the lord spoke to him and says go over and ask him if there's anything you could pray for him for and he goes, oh, praise God, I'm so excited, let's go, okay. So he goes over and he goes, excuse me, sir. He says, I'm wondering, I'm a pastor, I'm wondering if there's anything I could pray for you for. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, actually, he says, I do. He says, oh, what can I pray for you for? And he's thinking, cancer, you know, he's thinking blindness. You know, oh, who knows? And the guy goes, I have a goiter. And the, and the pastor goes, a goiter? Really? A goiter. That's not, that's not cool. Goiter. Well, it doesn't seem all that, you know, great, except for the guy who's got the goiter. And do you even know what a goiter is? No, see, they have no idea. A goiter is a growth in your throat, or I don't know if it can be anywhere else, because it's lack of iodine in your body, right? Hey, seventh grade science right there. They said I would never use it, but you do, okay goiter gout you know gout really yeah god cares about people he wants them to not be in pain and we're just minding our own business and and somebody gets healed glory to god that's the battle somebody got set free somebody got set free hallelujah glory we're in the battle 12 years came, she said to him, if I only touch the, his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned, saying to her, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. Then we go on to verse 23. Jesus came to the ruler's house, saw the flute players and the people uh, making commotion, or the crowd making commotion. He said, go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. Okay, that just, you know, that's freaky, okay? They know she's dead. He may have you do something. He may have you do like a clay pot and a torch and a trumpet thing where you walk in somewhere and go, hey, they're not dead, they're just sleeping. And the doctor goes, right. we got a nice little
1: coat for you. Yeah, we have a,
0: we have a, a sleeved coat for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they laughed at him. And they laughed at him. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, he went in, took her by the hand, and the girl arose. That's the battle. Raising the dead, healing the sick, preaching the gospel. And the report of this went through all of the district, and Jesus passed on from there. Two blind men followed him. Have mercy on us. He heals two blind men. Then he says, don't tell anybody about it, and they went and told everybody about it. And as he was going away, a demon-possessed man who was mute was brought in. When the demon had been cast out, the mute man spoke. The crowds marveled. Never never was anything like this seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, he casts out demons by the prince of demons. That's the battle. That's the battle. The battle is, you have authority. You're called into the battle. You have the authority to, to be in the battle. We've been trained. We have what it takes to do this. We just need to go do it. We just need to start doing it. Well, when we you know when is it going to happen? Tomorrow? Yes. It's going to happen tonight. It could happen tonight. Absolutely, could happen tonight. Could happen tomorrow. Could happen the next day. You know, I was I, you know, one of the last times something we were here. The guy, the, the guy who was putting in this floor. I came in. You guys, yeah. He told he told you that testimony. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I didn't know it happened until you told me the guy who was putting in the, the, the concrete floor here, or the, the epoxy floor. I came in, and said, hey, how you doing? Just making conversation. Now he said, oh, not too good. He said, I think I'm gonna have to retire. I said, why is that? He goes, my back is so bad. He says, I can't bend over anymore. And I said, we believe in healing. Can I pray for you? And he goes, well, sure. Laid hands on him, prayed for him, walked away. Then weeks later, He came to your house to do a bid. And he was saying, you told him where where you heard about him from. And and he goes, oh, man, that was awesome. Ever since that guy prayed for me, he says, I've had no problem with my back. None whatsoever. He didn't tell me. Why is it because I'm so special? No. Trust me. It's because I know him. He's special. And we're in the fight, setting the captives free. Healings can happen anytime you can pray for your kids. My kids have prayed for me. I told that story so many times. Tally was two or three years old, barely old enough to talk. I'm sicker than a dog I'm laying on a on a on a chair, but they've never heard my kids have never heard you that God won't heal you never once from my lips. Two or three years old I'm sicker than a dog I'm laying on the on the on the chair and tally walks in <laughs> right one right one or the yeah. That one, okay. Da- Daddy, not feel well? No tell. I don't feel well. I-, I pray. Oh, okay. Daddy, amen. And I went, oh, that's thank you, sweetheart. She walks away, and all of a sudden I go, holy cow. I got up completely healed. Three years old believes God. If, if, that, if, if a three-year-old can, can pray that, any of us can pray it. Because it's not you. Because I know it's not her. I know it's not her. <laughs> That's the fight. The fight is, is setting the captives free. Verse 35, after they said, he casts out demons by the prince of demons. Verse 35, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and teaching in their, their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. This world is harassed and helpless. And they don't have a shepherd. And they are lost, man, and people are scared to death. Scared to death. I, I I saw it. I'll tell you this part of what happened this morning. I'll tell you this part. I don't have to run this past Deb. I, I, I met a guy this morning at at uh, Home Depot, and you could, I could just see the fear in his eyes. He's scared to death. Six o'clock in the morning. I'm there at six o'clock in the morning, getting getting some parts for the house, and this guy is masked up. And he, I mean nothing about nothing against mask. I'm just saying. But it wasn't that. It was the fear. It was palpable on him, and I just, my heart went out to him, but, you know, I was looking for an opening, I was looking for a way to just say, man, is there something I can do for you? Can I help you? They're harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. Into his harvest field. The laborers are us. The battle is upon us. We're moving from the encampment into the battlefield. It's the title of the sermon tonight. From the encampment, the battle encampment, to the battlefield. It's time to go. It always has been, but tonight it's really. You, you, you said you saw a V. That Wednesday night, after Wednesday night, everything was going to be different, and it is. I'm telling you, it's different. Thursday, Thursday prayer was, boom. Wow, some we took. There was some kingdom business that went on on Thursday. I'm telling you. And today we dealt. We dealt with some of the fight, didn't we? There was some. There was some fight that came back against us. I don't care. Devil's gonna. He's like, yeah, of course you're going to get attacked. I'm just going to tell you, you're going to get attacked. Was it Saturday night? Saturday night. Saturday night, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I thought I th- my everything in me was shaking. My my, it felt like my heart was about to jump out of my chest, and I'm just I'm I my my hands are shaking, literally physically shaking. I'm thinking, what in the world? This is like two o'clock in the morning, and I'm just I, I just I, I there's something physically happening to me, and this is not good. And I got up, got some clothes, I went downstairs, and I started praying. I'm praying, and I'm praying. And Debbie says, are you okay? And she goes, I said, no, this is what's going on. And, and then she went over, turned over and went back to sleep. And then I, so I go downstairs, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm praying, I'm praying. I finally fall back to sleep about 5 o'clock. About three hours later, I fall back to sleep. Sunday morning, about 5 o'clock. And I get up and I'm starting to get ready and Deb uh, comes downstairs and she goes, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing great now. I said, I, said well, yeah, I was praying about it and about 4 or 4.30 in the morning as I was praying, the Lord says, it's, you're, getting, you're being attacked because of the weak devoted to God. And she goes, well, I knew that right away. I was like, and why didn't you tell me that? I could have gone back to sleep. No. You're going to get attacked. It's a fight. But don't, don't shrink back from it. Don't shrink back. We have a rule in self-defense, and I'll do the last story on this one tonight. If they punch you once, you pu- if they punch you once, you punch them ten times. <laughs> yeah. That's a great rule, isn't it? Yeah,
2: that's a great rule.
0: <laughs> if they punch, if they if they kick you once, you punch and kick them twenty times. How many? I had an instructor one side time say we were we were training with the Israelis. <laughs> weird sense of humor that's why you laugh isn't it because it's a weird sense of humor we're we're training with and these guys are israelis they were soldiers they they're still soldiers many of them are still soldiers one of the guys that we trained with was a was a he was what they would call not you know they don't call it special forces but they were their anti-terrorism task force they he fought every day for 25 years literally every day he went into situations where his life was online for 25 he finally his wife made him quit and said, you, "You're done. You got to be done." And then, so we're we're training with these guys, and they're intense, and it's crazy, and it's fun. It's so much fun, and we're training with them. And somebody goes, "In this technique, how many times should I hit him?" And we're all wondering the same thing. But the instructor goes, ah! "How many times do you hit him until he changes form?" Yes. Yeah. I was just like I love this stuff. This is. How many times do you hit him? Until he changes form. What do you mean? Some of you are going, what does he mean by that? Till they crumple and go to the ground. You just keep fighting. I'm sorry. I'll That's the intensity we need in, in spiritual warfare. Is I don't care, he punched me once, look out. Yeah, you've heard that phrase, whatever, whatever doesn't kill me, you know, makes me better or stronger. No, no, no. Whatever kills me better start running. Let's all stand. Tomorrow's going to be so fun. Tomorrow's going to be so good. Tonight's good. Tomorrow's going to be even better. We're in the battle. It's it's the battle. Now's the battle. Don't shrink back. Don't. It's, you you're already gonna you're gonna win this battle. You are gonna win this battle. You are going. Denny, where's Denny? You're gonna win this battle. You have won this battle. You have won this battle. Carissa, Carissa, you have won this battle. Hallelujah. Whoever else needs it, you have won this battle. You win. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the kingdom of God. We're going in and we're taking captives, leading the captives free. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we do thank you so much for this evening, and we thank you for each and every one who has joined with us. We thank you, Lord, that you have prepared us for such a time as this and that we have the victory. It is ours. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.